This school year has really been a lot for so many teachers, and I have seen and heard of many teachers vowing to not teach summer school this summer or ever again. I get it. I stopped teaching summer school prior to the pandemic, but for different reasons than from being exhausted from teaching during the pandemic. But I know that despite many teachers saying no, and rightfully so, There are still teachers who will be teaching summer school, whether by choice or whether by force, and those kids who are attending summer school need the help and support of our superhero teachers. So this episode is for you. I will be diving into things to consider to make summer school more effective, engaging, and monumental, all while still being fun for you and for the kids. So let's dive right in. Welcome to The Literacy Dive, a podcast for teachers who want to take a deeper dive into all things reading and writing. I'm your host, Megan Polk. My number one passion is, you guessed it, all things literacy and supporting teachers like you. Join me each week to learn teacher tips and actionable step-by-step strategies to help you grow as an educator. Are you ready? Let's dive in. We are back for another episode of the Literacy Dive podcast, and I first and foremost want to give a major shout out if you are teaching summer school this upcoming summer. I taught summer school for 11 consecutive summers before calling it quits. So I know the toll that summer school can take on a teacher after having a long school year. I want you to know that I see you and I commend you for offering your time to teaching students with deficits and supporting them before they enter their summer. You are a part of the reason those kids will not fall immediate victim to the summer slide. You have an opportunity to nurture them, to encourage them, and to set them up for summer success. So please know that the work that you are doing is seen, it is valued, it is appreciated, and your yes does not go unnoticed. This is why I wanted to create this episode. I have had quite a few DMs asking for support and encouragement for teaching summer school as it is quickly approaching. I also have heard from these teachers that they feel some kind of way or embarrassed or like they'll be ridiculed for sharing that they are making the decision to teach summer school. And that's mainly because so many teachers are against teaching summer school. But who is going to teach the kids? So I felt that this topic needed a permanent place on my podcast, so here we go. Today, I am going to offer six suggestions and tips for teaching a successful round of summer school based on my experience and the way we have become innovative over the last couple of years. So first, my first tip for you is to have empathy. We do this all year round, but summer school is a bit different. Kids are going to probably view this as a form of punishment. They know that not all students are being invited to summer school, so automatically they're feeling some kind of way in their emotions about even being there. Students are thinking and feeling these emotions. 
So summer school teachers have to do that job to help them move past it. Start off by telling students that you are honored to have the chance and the opportunity to teach them and that you understand the feelings that they might have and they're valid. Just acknowledge it. Then you're going to want to let your students know that by the end of the summer, they will have enjoyed the fun learning opportunities with you. And you also might want to let them know how much the activities they do are going to be so fun and amazing that they're really, really going to miss them. If you can be one step ahead of your students, this is going to be the key to just break the ice and get them feeling positive about this whole idea of summer school. Keep responses to negative thoughts and feelings your students might have positive. Always share how lucky you are to be there with them and that the time that you get to spend with them is just something that makes you so proud and so excited. When they can start sensing your positive emotions and feelings connected to summer school and with spending it with them, they are going to start feeling more confident and probably happier being there with you for the summer. So definitely focus on enjoying each student in your summer school class and make sure that this can just be a really positive month that you have together. So the second tip that I have for you is to try new strategies. Now, what you want to do here is push your lesson plan implementation to a new level during summer school. For whatever reason, during the regular school year, a couple of students somewhere along the line in one of their classes has missed a couple of the marks. So for this time, I would avoid recycling lessons from the actual school year as a repeat for the summer. There are so many new and exciting types of activities and if it's passages or different types of prompts or whatever it is that your students are in summer school for, there are so many other types of examples that you can draw from versus pulling the same ones that you did just a month prior. So try to avoid recycling lessons that you've already done as the way to repeat that for the summer. You also want to avoid using punishment tactics to motivate students to pay attention during summer school. This is already a hard time for them because all of their friends might be at the pool or at camps and doing fun things, and your students are constantly reminded that they have to wake up and go to school the next day. So for this, I would encourage you to try showing students something that they have not seen before. This is going to draw them into the lesson and into that learning opportunity, and that might spark a little bit of engagement with them. Also for this, you can try new strategies that you hope to implement during the regular school year. So I've always said that at the end of the school year, that is the perfect time for a lot of schools. It's going to be the last part of May or maybe the beginning to middle part of June. But during those last few weeks of school, that is that sweet spot where I love trying new strategies that I hope to try out for the next school year. So since you have students right there with you, this is the perfect time to try those things out. Some examples are, maybe you are wanting to start a new writing prompt routine. So For the summertime, you want to try implementing at what part of the day is it best for me to implement these writing prompts. Maybe you want to try new tools for guided reading, like graphic organizers or trifolds or bookmarks. You can then try using those things in your mini lessons, in your guided reading groups, and you can see how your students respond to it. And you can even ask them, 
what do they like or dislike about the tool and see if they want to use it again. So you can start kind of adapting and working with these tools with those kids in summer school, and it's going to be fun for them and practice for you. Something else that you can try if you've not tried yet is implementing choice boards. And I actually have a freebie for you if you wanna try using these during summer school. Student choice is everything, and if kids feel like they are given the power to choose, they are going to be more open to doing whatever task it is. So whether it's for reading or whether it's for writing, let them pull something off a choice board. For a teacher, it really shouldn't matter what they choose. The whole focus is that they are actually writing whatever is on that choice board. So the summer is a great time to try new ideas. This goes for classroom management techniques as well. So if you want to try a new call and response, if you want to try a new behavior management incentive system, or if you just want to look at new procedures and processes that you might want to try, this is the perfect time to try it with a small group of students during summer school. You could also try a morning meeting if you've never tried those before. That's a great way to welcome your students in in the morning, and that's going to be something they have probably not seen before if you don't use them. Or you could even try centers and rotations if that is something that you have not used in a regular school year. And all of those different things that I've listed are going to be new, and so it's going to be something that is going to spark your students' attention And they're going to be thinking like, oh, man, I want to come back tomorrow so I can do those centers again or so that I can meet for the morning meeting. I want to be on time. And that's also going to help them with attendance. I know that attendance can be a really big issue for summer school. So by trying some new techniques that kids have not seen before, they're going to want to get up in the morning and make sure that their adult, that their parent or that their grown up gets them to school so that they can be able to have that fun, exciting day with you. My third suggestion is to offer incentives and rewards. Now, this is not something that I would typically tell teachers to do during the school year. However, this is summer school. You might want to offer tangible rewards during summer school because that is just going to get students excited. It's going to get their buy-in. It's going to want to make them be there. And ultimately, This is a really short amount of time, and you just kind of have to play the game. If your students are excited to come to school, if they are eager, if they are really, really, really wanting to be there, you've already conquered that whole emotion that they had before when they started with not wanting to come, feeling like it's a punishment, and not understanding why they can't be at home with their friends. So you might want to offer tangible rewards during the summer school time with those kids. Now, to get those rewards, I am not saying that you have to spend your money on them. Some things that I've done in the past is I've asked local companies to donate coupons for kids. There are so many that do it anyway. So if you go to Chick-fil-A, if you go to just a restaurant and say, hey, I have some summer school kids, do you have any types of coupons? They will probably give you way more than enough. I know specifically that I have gotten little gift cards for kids or the kids' meals from Chick-fil-A. I've gotten some from Subway. I've gotten some from Chuck E. Cheese, believe it or not, little tokens. I've gotten pool passes. I've gotten coupons from Pizza Hut. I've gotten some from bowling alleys. 
And I also did not request these from the amusement parks, but they were given to our school and we had extras. And so I would pull those amusement park coupons and just give out extra coupons so that they have more opportunities to go. What I love about this is that you're not just passing these out because they came to summer school, but if you had a really good day with your students or if you just, you know, ask them to do something and you got 100% engagement, you can just say, you know what, I have something for you all and pass out these coupons. It's just a way to keep it just fun and light for summer school alongside of your teaching. Now, these rewards that the kids are getting are awesome because the kids can still participate in summer activities alongside being at summer school during the daytime. Now, I read about another incentive that I think was done during the school year, or it might have been done during summer school, but it is a great idea that I would totally see myself doing during a school year. But it was a brownie or cake mix type of fund management system. So basically each day that the group would display appropriate behavior or they would do something just phenomenal that the teacher wanted to highlight or maybe it was just one student who did something that maybe that student had a little bit of challenge with and they finally did it, it was enough to get a class reward, they would use a little scoop and add some of that mix to a container. When that container got full, that means that the teacher would have to go home and bake those cupcakes or brownies, and you could just turn that into buying it from the store to not have to deal with any of the actual baking handmade products and stuff like that at home. But you would bring those to the class, and then the kids could be able to enjoy whatever treat it was that you wanted to give to them. Now, the awesome thing that I would do with this type of system is turning it into a lesson. So having the students write about how they earned those brownies or those cupcakes, or you could actually let the students write out the steps to making whatever treat it was that they earned, and that's going to help them to practice procedural writing. So there's always ways that you can still capture them learning and practicing a skill, even with having something fun like that type of incentive as a reward. Now, again, I am not saying that rewards should be used as bribery or making kids just like summer school because they're getting stuff, but let's be honest, it is the summer. So do things that kids will enjoy as a way of making the experience full of learning, but also rewarding for them. Now, with thinking about rewards and incentives, you can also think about changing the environment. Now, this is not necessarily something that the kids have to earn. I would personally just let them work outside and engage as much as you can in different environments because it's the summertime and you can do things different. And that's also great to do during the school year as well. And it really is impactful. But a reward could be adding on additional minutes of outside time to complete whatever activities that you're working on in the classroom. You would want to make sure that you are reviewing the learning and the behavior expectations and that you're holding students accountable, especially if they're going to go outside. You want to make sure that they know what they are responsible for doing. But if they are abiding by the agreements, I would work outside as much as possible or take your read aloud outside and enjoy the fresh air while you're reading to them. I would do any of those things that are different than a typical school year 
and kids are going to look forward to that, and you're going to look forward to that. You could even move your teaching to the hallway if you have a hallway space or if there's a pod of some sort. Maybe you can take a trip to the library and teach from there. It's all about just getting out of your classroom and being in a new environment, still doing the learning, but just allowing it to be different and engaging for your kids. So that's also an option if the weather is not the best outside, you can have those alternate spaces. Something else that you could do that is pretty simple, and I've done this before, is swap classrooms. So if there is another teacher in your grade level or maybe the grade level that's close to you that you can do a classroom swap, it is kind of fun going to a new place. So your kids can pack up their binders, their pencils, a clipboard, and you can just go to another classroom. That classroom can come to your classroom and you're still out of your main environment. And that is really fun for kids too. They do not get to just go to other classrooms during the school day. So I'm all about making the summer enjoyable and you're not losing any opportunities for learning, but you're keeping it different and you're keeping it spontaneous. And that is going to be what really keeps your kids focused and attentive and wanting to do the tasks because they don't know what to expect but you're providing all of these different opportunities for them that differ from the main school year. The fourth tip that I have for you is to collaborate with others. I'm going to kind of take this in a couple of different angles, but for the most part, you can be able to talk to teachers of the students that you're going to be working with. This is not to be done as a way to let teachers share negative experiences with that child and what the child's not gonna do for you. But you're going to want to use that conversation more as a way to get to learn more about that particular child. Let that teacher know up front, I am not interested in the negative experiences you had. We're going to have a great time in summer school. But what I am looking for is what does that student like? What are some of the things that the student does not like? How did you best meet the needs of that student? How does that student learn best? And also, you want to make sure that you're looking at the IEPs or the accommodations or any other educational documents or paperwork that can help you with that particular student. You are also going to want to work together by supporting other summer school teachers and what lessons your students are responding well to and how other teachers can help their students to catch on to those same skills. Now, one thing that I know is that in some summer school cases, there might be one teacher to a grade level, so you really don't have anyone that you can directly collaborate with, and that's when it's really great to connect with teachers by way of social media. You are able to see what other teachers are doing or what they recommend. You can search hashtags to try to find ideas for summer school activities, But it's really important to be mindful, not to compare yourself or to make yourself feel like you're not doing enough, but using that as a tool to connect with teachers who can use the support or the encouragement or the ideas that you have. Or if you could use the support or the encouragement, then you can gain that from other teachers too. You can just partner up and support each other virtually. And that's some of the best connections that I've made are on social media. So the social media teacher space is great for connections, and I would highly recommend that you collaborate there if you do not have anyone directly in your building that you can be able to talk to and get support from. The fifth tip is to use your time wisely. 
Now, for summer school, class time is typically cut in half or even less than in half during summer school time. And so there are no minutes really to waste. And a lot of the time, sometimes I think summer school does have recess included, but this is not a time where you really want to go over the minutes like you might do in the regular school year because there is such limited time for students to really learn as much as they can before being sent off to their summer when summer school ends. So for this, you want to make sure that you're prepared with your lessons in advance, have your lesson plans, have the materials prepped, and you just really want to focus on maximizing class time. You would want to budget your time accordingly and use individual and group experiences so that you have time for that one-on-one or that small group assistance if needed. This is also a time where you can really let partners work together. This is going to really help because a lot of the time in the school year, kids are not necessarily working in partners. They're working independently. So if you can give a buddy system or give kids a buddy, that's going to help with just another layer of support. And this is still going to differ from the basic school year. So Kids are going to really love working with each other and they can be able to talk to each other and it's just different. So we're just looking for ways to make this experience different than the classroom experience that they have during the regular school year, but it still is going to be effective and a key part for their learning. My last suggestion that I want to share here is just to have consistent communication with parents. Now, we all know summer school is short. It can be go, 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 and before you know it, you're at the end of summer school and you have to make the decision on whether kids are going to be promoted to the next grade level or whether you might have to talk about retention or other options for what next year could look like. So because of this, you don't want to forget how valuable it is to communicate with these parents, with these grownups, and alert them of student progress or even potential regression. Do not skip out on the parent contact portion during this critical time period known as summer school. Parents are trusting you with their child. Some of them really are worried about how this is going to affect their self-esteem and how they view themselves and their abilities because they're at summer school and they don't know if they're going to get to go on with their friends. So keep the lines of communication open with those grownups to show your support how you are advocating for them, and how you just simply care for their child. And while you are going throughout these summer school weeks, you want to make sure that you are sharing as much information as you can about what you are teaching the students during summer school, just so that if the parents want to reinforce whatever skills you're learning, they are understanding what you are teaching. You really just want to strive to build a schedule in which you can routinely call parents or even send emails. Try to find something positive in those first couple of calls. Because most likely, if those parents, those grownups, those adults are like the ones that I have had interactions with, they are going to tell their child what you have said about them. And that is going to boost that child's confidence. It's going to boost their trust. And it's going to boost their feelings about school. So some of those first calls should be intentionally positive and they should happen pretty early, like the first week of summer school, because it's going to set up the other weeks for success. 
So all in all, we have different reasons as to why we will or we will not teach summer school, and that is totally fine. It is not a reflection of any single person and their teaching ability and who you are as a teacher. Teaching summer school does not define that, and it does not make you better, and it does not make you worse. It is just simply who has the capacity to take on an additional month of teaching students by way of summer school. That's it. So if this is you, if you are teaching summer school, I hope that these reminders and tips can be helpful to get you through a successful three to four additional weeks of school. And if you are not teaching summer school, but you have a coworker or a friend who is teaching summer school, please, please, please share this episode with that teacher. Share the link and get them prepared. Whether you are teaching or have a close friend who is taking on this big responsibility, Be reminded to show empathy, to try new strategies, to offer incentives and rewards, to collaborate with others, to use your time wisely, and to consistently communicate with parents. One final thing that I want to share, which I shared two episodes ago, was about a summer opportunity that I am so excited to take on. So maybe you are wanting to think about these specific summer school students that you have in mind right now that you're going to take the best care of during that additional month of school, but you know that that student can benefit from more consistent practice up until they go back to school. Or maybe you have specific students who didn't make it to summer school because they are performing pretty well but you know that they could also use some consistent practice throughout the summer at some point. So if you have any of those types of students who are rising third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade, or even sixth grade students, and you are thinking, I know a child, or maybe I have my own child, that could really benefit from some live teaching with reading and writing topics, then I want you to go to my show notes and fill out a Google form. I am super excited to be offering some live teaching classes because I know how important it is for kids to be able to continue the hard work throughout the summer just for a little bit of time each day. So if you have any of these students in mind or children in mind that you can think of, I want you to fill out the Google form so that I can be able to follow up with you and you'll be the first to know the information once it is released. I'm super, super excited about it. So be sure to check for that Google form link in the show notes, along with the link for the choice boards and some other types of reading and writing activities that you might decide that you want to try out for this summer. You are nearing the end, my teacher friend, and I just want you to remember, you got this. Thanks so much for tuning in today. Come hang out with me over on Instagram at The Literacy Dive. I would love to hear from you in my DMs. If you are enjoying this podcast, be sure to hit that follow button and share this with a friend. I'll catch you in the next episode.